0: everyone. So happy to see you all here this morning. Well, I'm up here, which means that the 2024 Bible quiz season has begun. Uh, Will my quizzers please come forward? Your Grace Church quizzers have been learning verses from the book of Acts. Uh, That's our study this year, and they've been learning since September. Um, They've been learning verses since September and they've been practicing every Wednesday since about uh, end of October, early November. And finally, we were able to attend our first tournament of the year this past Saturday at the Denham Springs Church. Grace has two teams this year. We have an intermediate team made up of Noah and Joseph Watley and Huston Bunch, and we have an experienced team made up of Elena Bunch and Lainey Taylor. Elena and Lainey are in the experienced division due to their age, so this year they're going to be quizzing against some very experienced quizzers who have been doing this for some of them 10 plus years. Elena and Lainey, for their first tournament of the year, quizzed against some really stiff competition right out of the gate. They lost to the first place team right out the shoot, but they quizzed amazingly. They won one game, and they almost won their third. They each were highest scorer and second highest scorer in a game, and Lainey quizzed out in one of her games. And that is quite the show for her first experience tournament ever. (laughs) The intermediate team of Noah, Joseph, and Heston also quizzed really well. They played well as a team, and they went undefeated, placing first in the intermediate division. Noah um, was the highest scorer of the tournament. He had an average of 137 points, which was almost double, over double, what the second highest scorer had. So Noah had quite a day. Um, They all quizzed really well. It was an excellent start to the year for sure. Um, We're plugging along. Uh, We're continuing to learn verses. We're continuing to practice weekly. We're preparing for a very long year ahead. We'll have our next tournament in West Monroe at the end of January, it will be a large regional tournament. It's always well attended by teams who are looking to kick off their year with some stiff competition. So, we're looking forward to it as well. I ask you guys to please be in prayer for our quizzers as they traverse the ups and downs of quizzing this year. It can be stressful at times, Um, it can be hard to stay motivated at times, and it requires a lot of sustained and consistent focus that can oftentimes be really difficult to maintain. So uh, please keep us in your prayers this season as we progress. Um, I'm looking forward to bringing you guys more good news throughout the year. So thank you. Thank you, Quizzers.
1: Thank you, Sister Courtney. I'm looking forward to what our quizzers will do this year. And as she said, do keep that ministry in your prayers. Amen. Welcome, Grace Church. It is great to see all of you here today and uh, right here on campus and those joining on live stream and Facebook live. Thank you for joining us. We're going to have a good time in the presence of God today. Amen. Do you feel the expectation? Do you do you feel something on the inside that just you're ready to give God some praise and ready to see what God will do around here today? Amen. I do. I do. Uh, before we go into our worship set today, let me just remind you of a couple of things. First of all, don't forget Tuesday morning prayer this Tuesday right here in the sanctuary at 10 o'clock, and then those of you that have made pledges for Mission Louisiana, it's time to give again the first of the month. And there is a tab set up on Easy Tithe for that, so don't forget. And then I am so pleased to announce and to um, and let you know that Brother Steve Cannon will be in service with us on January the 21st. And you, re- you may remember that Brother Steve Cannon is the National Children's Director for the United Pentecostal Church. And he has been a blessing to our church before, and he is going to bless us again on January the 21st and you also see there Brother Holloway will be with us on the 28th. So we've got some some great things in store this month and uh, we want you to mark your calendars and be sure to be a part of those services. Last thing as you stand with me this morning, Brother Kelton knows would like to meet with all the ushering staff right after church in Classroom 2 for a very brief meeting, 5 to 10 minutes only. So if you're on the ushering staff, remember that. Well, I'm ready to worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The way I see it today, this is the very first Sunday of a brand new year. And so I want to start out with a praise on my lips, with my hands raised, with a song in my heart. Praise team, let's go to the throne room today. Let's worship, Grace Church.
2: So, this bag of bones. And I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting.
3: I think the Savior because You heal my heart and change my name forever. Free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master.
2: I think the Savior. Oh. Get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave.
3: Cause you healed my heart, changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same, I thank the Master, I thank the Savior,
2: oh, I thank
3: The prison doors open, raise a shout from the silence, he can do it again. Shut the mouth of the lion, sweep the prison doors open, raise a shout from the silence.
4: is a comfort to my spirit. That we don't have to worry about a weak god and that tomorrow he may be done. We don't have to worry about any of that. I'm glad I know him today. I'm thankful he's a part of my life and I'm glad he's here this morning. Amen. I'm glad Jesus is here today. And I'm glad you're here today. Grace Church, welcome. We're glad you're here. Happy New Year everybody. And on uh, Sunday morning at Grace Church, is starting off with a bang. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Uh, before we read our scripture text today, uh, welcome everybody. Again, those of you watching live stream, Facebook Live, welcome. We're so glad to have you uh, a part of us today as well. But uh, man, our adult Bible class this morning started off huge bang, it was like 4th of July, New Year's Day over there this morning, in my opinion. Uh, had 55 next door. Had to get out some more chairs. I guess I was oh ye of little faith. I didn't set up enough chairs. So people kept coming in, so we had to get chairs out. That's a wonderful thing right there. Amen. And I'm so excited about it. Praise the Lord. And uh, I do know that the donuts and the uh, coffee played a big role in everybody showing up. You know, you know you came for Bible study, but donuts is a priority. They are for me. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I'm, not, I'm not scared. Uh, I look forward to that Sunday morning donut. Thank you, Jason and Brandy, for uh, picking those up for us. Uh, Celeste prepared our coffee this morning. Uh, Brad Storns did a lot of work for me. Sister Landry did a lot of work everybody that contributed that our media staff uh helps the sound staff helped tremendously thank everybody for helping make that happen this morning and it was worth it i had a good time with all of you old people now not everybody was old but there were a few Uh, we're we're in that bracket so we'll go ahead and accept it and is what it is we're gonna have a great time in that class it's gonna be a lot of fun um So thank everybody for helping out this morning. I've come today with a message burning on the inside of me. As a matter of fact, I'll read the same verse I read Wednesday night for our Bible study. Uh, I want to go down the vision path again this morning. And um, I will remind you that we will have communion uh, today and that will be our altar service. I was very confident to do it this way because we just kind of had altar service just a few minutes ago uh for a lot of us and um so we'll communion will be our altar service i'll be calling on you i believe the spirit of the lord will be calling on all of us to draw just a little bit closer be a little more committed put ourselves out there just a little bit more and let's have grace church grow this year like it never has before what do you say amen thank the lord proverbs chapter 29 verse 18. Where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The title of my message today is a question. and I just simply want to ask you, do you see what I see? There must be vision for every church, every home, every family, Every individual forethought and plans for the future must be in place to stay close to God. You just can't show up once in a while and expect that to work. There needs to be plans, forethought and plans for the future must be in place to stay close to God. And keeping that relationship biblical and to keep it growing. So again, I want to speak to you for... A few minutes today, maybe a couple hours. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Everybody say thank God for the word. Thank you for standing. God bless you and you may be seated. This past Christmas holiday, and um, I will remind you that Christmas will be here again in a little like 11 months. And um, we can celebrate it all over again, and it'll be here before you know it. Just want to remind all of you of that. Um, <clears throat> but during the Christmas holidays, I, I heard that old song, um, I don't know all the words. It's one of those songs, Is do you see what I see? Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. That's all the words I know. But that song asked three questions, and I actually wanted today to go over address all three of those questions and the clock wouldn't permit it I'm just going to ask do you see what I see the second question that song asked is do you hear what I hear and the third question is do you know what I know maybe we'll cover those other two questions later I will tell you tonight today of an assurity that over the past latter months of last year There has been a revival take place in Grace Church that I am so very thankful for. I'll remind you, we spent a number of Wednesday nights just preaching revival. Some of you may remember that. And uh, it was all an effort to direct us towards our purpose, to direct us toward the fact, the necessity that we must all have vision don't believe a relationship with God is just a day-to-day thing and see what tomorrow unfolds. I want to plan to the best of my ability to be where God wants me to be at any time of my life He needs me. I want to be at that place. I don't want God to have to wait on me for a year for His purpose and will to be done in my life. If God wants me to do something, I want to be available now. And that's what vision is about. It's planning a path from between here and where God, you believe God wants you to be, but anywhere along that line, God knows your availability. He knows your willingness, and He can do so much more in our lives for us as individuals, for our families, and for our church if we work consistently, not occasionally, but consistently every day to stay close to God that is controlling our attitude, That is controlling our feelings, and that is staying in continual remembrance of what God wants to do in our life. And I believe God is doing that and showing that in Grace Church. I was so encouraged. I didn't ask for permission to do this. My sister, Claudine, is sitting in the back. I love her dearly. Uh, She texted me this week and said, texted me and one of my brothers, texted me that said she just celebrated her having the baptism of the Holy Ghost for 70 years. And I think that is absolutely (laughs) phenomenal. When she said it, a million things began to run through my mind. Uh, She's been a part of Grace Church. She was in Baker. She is here uh, for a number of years And, and through the years she and I have been very, very close. Uh, especially when our kids were smaller and so on. I've seen the triumphs and the tragedies of her life. I've seen the the happiness and the disappointments. I've been uh, on the sideline on occasions, and sometimes I've been involved in it. But I have so much respect and appreciation for her and her relationship with God. She went a number of years where she read her Bible through every year. Um, I am so... It inspires me so much. It encouraged me so much when I read that. That if she can do that, then I can do that. If she can do that, you can do that. But I can promise you, uh, she has not gotten to this point, to this milestone in her life without some planning, without some praying, without some consistency. She's had to guard her attitude. She's had to control her feelings. And God has led her every step of the way. I believe today that true vision begins with spiritual perception. Some people struggle with that, but I can assure you it's not maybe as hard and as complicated as it may sound or even to do. In saying that, I am aware that there are some people that seemingly have no perception at all, spiritual or otherwise. Um, I go through these moments from time to time with, with people, for example, if you're out in the yard looking for something, somebody will walk up and say, have you lost something or are you out here looking for something? It's real hard for me not to answer sarcastically and it seems like any answer I say is going to be sarcastic. The reason I say that is because to me, it's very obvious when you're outside doing this out in the yard that you're looking for something. I'm not measuring the height of the grass. I'm not doing some inventory to make sure there's a certain number of blades of grass in that particular spot. Yes, I've lost. So there's no perception there, and you know what I mean. I'm here to find a fire ant colony, and I want to count them. That's why I'm out here. So, no perception. All of you have been through this before with people, no doubt. Why do people who see you trying to get your car unstuck out of the mud will walk up and say, are you stuck? You just say, no, my car died and I'm just trying to bury it. We could go on and on with that point. It's imperative that people need to see. They need to understand. They need to be able to grasp what's going on around them. And that certainly applies spiritually. Grace Church, we must have spiritual perception. Let me introduce you to the idea that if you do have some measure of spiritual perception, it will help you to see things domestically and culturally. The Bible said in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? What do you see? And he responded to that question. Jeremiah said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And he said, The Lord said unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Now you may think that's a very obvious, silly question. But before God could proceed with his plan in Jeremiah's life, God needed to know and Jeremiah needed to know That he was able to perceive and understand what God was trying to say to him. Everybody say amen. Amen. We must have spiritual perception. The Bible says that Jesus came unto his own and his own received or perceived him not. They could not discern who he was. Even through the conduit of all of his miracles, all of his teaching, they still could not discern who he was. Jacob questioned God. He said, All these things are against me. That is indicative of the fact that God was purposefully letting Jacob experience and go through some things, and it was not working. Jacob could not get any benefit or merit out of it because he could not perceive that God's hand was on him allowing him to go through and experience these things that were happening to him. Jesus told the woman at the well, the well of Samaria in the New Testament, He said, if you knew, if you knew, if you knew about this, if you knew about that, She had knowledge, but no perception. She could not see the fact that the person standing in front of her was God robed in flesh. And went on to say that when Messiah comes, all of these things that I know He will do. Jesus stopped her and said, I am He. You're talking to Him. She had no perception. And it is sometimes manifest even in the church, even in Grace Church, that perception, the lack of it, is when people do not know and do not understand the difference between rebellion against God's will and yielding to God's will. People have a hard time understanding the difference between joy and unhappiness. They have the difference they struggle to know the difference between victory and defeat. Perception is to know the difference. Perception is to have an understanding of what's going on in your life, in your family. It has the ability to understand what even may happen tomorrow. And this is why vision or perception and understanding is so important. I've talked to people over the past year many, many times that they God had them on a path. God had them on a track. And they could not discern the hand of God in their life because the time they were experiencing was so negative. Remember, remember, remember. And the most prolific psalm that everybody knows in Psalm 23, David said very candidly that yea, though he leads me, Through the valley of the shadow of death, that's part of life. He will be with me. David understood that. So not even death in his family could dissuade him from following God. It could not deter him from keeping his vision in focus. Vision is necessary to understand the difference between fruitful life and barren life. Sarah was barren. All of her productive years she was barren. She didn't understand God's plan. God made her productive to have Isaac when she knew she wasn't able to be productive. God does that with us. He makes us into what He wants to be when the time has already expired in our mind that this can even happen. Y'all with me? Y'all see what I see? God can do amazing things in people's lives. People think a divorce is the end of their usefulness for God. They think some main transgression, some horrible transgression is the end because now everybody knows that about me. What's the most important is that God knows all that about you. And when he forgives you, you're right back in a good place to be used of God again. Whether men like it or not, it doesn't matter. In God's economy, that's a child of God, and I'm going to use them again. Ask David, ask Moses, ask Jonah, and the list goes on. Amen. So here comes the part of this where, that I'm addressing today is lack of vision. Many years ago, a young man went to work at a hardware store and he found all sorts of junk that took up space and it wouldn't sell. sell, these, These items didn't sell very well and the clerk asked the owner to allow him to put it out on one table out in the front where everybody walks in and put a sticker on every one of those items. That you can buy them for 10 cents. He did so and had a successful sale. Later he did the same thing and had another successful sale. And the clerk approached the owner and suggested that they open up a store that would specialize in items that cost only a nickel or a dime. The owner thought it was a bad idea and refused. The clerk ultimately went into business for himself and became a very successful man with that idea. His name was F.W. Woolworth. His old employer later said, I have calculated that every word I used to turn young Woolworth down cost me $1 million. I want to say to us today, when God puts a thought, a word, an idea, an impression in your heart, No matter what it is, no matter how outlandish you think it is, I want to applaud our P7 Bible students here today that are teaching Bible studies at their school. There's three of them. I can't imagine the courage and the audacity that it has taken for them to want to do that and be able to do that. But I applaud them for their courage. I applaud them for their courage. I applaud them. For their courage and one of these days you're going to hear about some students repenting and being baptized and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost because they responded affirmatively to a burden that God put on them vision is seeing the unseen I smile when Laney and I, I I totally agree with what she did I totally understand it I was guilty myself this morning and and said so when she was preparing for her first P7 class if I don't have all the numbers right it doesn't matter you'll get the idea but said that she just fixed a pan of brownies to bring to her first class expecting maybe five six seven people showing up had no idea that over 40 kids would be there she ran out of brownies in five seconds and realize that I'm gonna to have to step up the game here. I needed Jesus here to multiply some brownies, and we'll pick up the leftovers later, whatever. But this is what I'm talking about because I believe there's an immeasurable opportunity for Grace Church to walk into right now. If anybody can see what I see, when you have a high octane, lot of energy youth group, they can take down devils, they can crash down walls, they can pray through things. There is a power, there is an ability, there is a courage with them. They're like David and the giant. They're not afraid to face the giant in front of them. And they will go out there with all of their might. And yes, God will give them the victory. Does anybody see what I see? (laughs) Hallelujah. Vision is seeing the unseen. Brother Wayne Yoder, you and I can take a journey back to the Baker days. When there was a handful of people that showed up on wednesday night even on sunday morning you and kathy remember that i meet with more people back here every sunday at 11 and i think of it every sunday i meet with more people back there that come out onto this platform that was at baker church when we came here to pastor We celebrate 55 in our adult class this morning. There was a time when I'd have been happy to have 55 in our, in our whole entire church service. But I refuse. Brother Chuck, you were there. Melanie and Boo, you were there. There were others that was there. Cassie Crochet was there. And those days of small things, But Pastor Murphy on the inside of him, and I preached it. I remember the message I preached to the people in the balcony. They were people that hadn't even been born again yet. They've not even walked in the door yet. And I went on ahead and preached to them as though they were there. I believe the Bible instructs us to preach and teach and believe in things that don't exist as though they do. And I'm preaching that to Grace Church. We're not done yet. Vision is seeing the unseen. Some of you may remember not long after we bought the building, I asked Brother Nathan Henson to build me just the simple number 300. It was about that tall, 300, about that tall, about that long, and we sent it over there on the side of the platform to sat there for a long time. It finally went away, and only one time for a Christmas service did we eclipse uh, the 300 mark, had 320-something that Sunday, and it was very cozy, in this sanctuary, we had the air running down well, we were low to keep it kind of cool and comfortable. And people were sitting next to people they didn't ordinarily sit next to. As a matter of fact, they didn't sit next to anybody. They kept that empty chair between them and the people on the same row. We need an empty chair. We need our space. I mean, we, we need space without you in it kind of thing. But that Sunday, you really didn't have any choice. But to have people sitting by you, we had 350 chairs out. That meant there were only 20 something empty chairs, and uh, but we we crossed the 300, and it gave me a vision of that. I saw that. And I still see that and I long for the day when some of you folks will have to start getting here early. As Mike Frazier said one time in Baker, when you're gonna have to arrive early to get a seat. I've not forgotten that. I've not abandoned that vision. COVID set us back, but we're on track again. Let me tell you, it's not an unseen vision in my mind. I see it, I see it, I see it here today. Some of you may say that uh, well, I'd rather just kind of keep it like it is, not me. I love all you people. It's like having kids. I mean, the Lewises and the Loves can relate to this. <laughs> I was real happy loving too, but after I've met the Loves and I love them dearly, and after watching the Lewis family grow and hear them say, this is it, and, and it's growing again, and this is it, we're done, and it grows again. <laughs> Had lunch with Chris, and he said, Pastor, this is it. The fourth one, we're, we're done, we're done. And lo and behold, here comes number five. But I have lived, I'll be very honest, and I've told, told these folks that that looking back in retrospect, I kind of regret it. Sister Murphy and I both have regretted not having one or two more of our own because I just think it's a wonderful thing to have kids that you can just love and love and love. And that's how I feel as a pastor. I love you people dearly, but I want more people in here to love. I don't want to be just a one- or two-person church or a three-person church. Fill the building up with people And it's more people we can love It's more people we can fellowship with Does anybody see what I see? Does anybody see what I see? What's wrong with Grace Church Breaking 300 and 350 And 400 and 500 And 600 Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? Yes, we can. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. So an architect envisions an architect envisions a building before plans are drawn and construction begins. A farmer, brother Tommy envisions a crop before the ground is ever broken and before seed is ever planted. A general of an army envisions a battle and anticipates a victory. First, it all begins with vision. In the book of Acts, the greatest revival, in my opinion, that's ever happened on this planet, began with a very very clear vision given by God to one of his apostles. And the apostle had the audacity to argue with the vision. And it was not until God got that straight with his apostle that that vision was able to take place. And it's when Simon Peter had the vision of a sheet being let down out of heaven filled with unclean animals. And God told him to get up and eat. And he bowed up and said, Hey, God, I don't eat that which is unclean. And God said, Don't call unclean what I have cleansed. And he found Cornelius knocking on his gate, a Gentile man. And for the first time, the baptism of the Holy Ghost fell on Cornelius and the people that was with him. And it sent out a revival around this planet that hasn't stopped until this day. We've got to have a vision, and we've got to have the right vision. It has to come from God, and it is necessity that we agree with that vision. I feel like David. I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. For the child of God, there is inspiration and encouragement for the battle of life when he sees the Lord. So disheartened here today, discouraged saint of God here today, look to Jesus. The vision he has for your life and our church is still in place no matter what you're going through right now. God's vision for Jonah did not stop when Jonah was had been swallowed by a great fish and was in the belly of that fish for three days and three nights and stunk and looked horrible. God's vision and purpose for him did not stop. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. We need a vision. Of perishing souls. Brother Jason talked about this last Sunday. Jesus urged his disciples to get a vision of a lost world. He said, say not ye that there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, he said, lift up your eyes and look on the field. Jesus was asking them, do you see what I see? He later on told them, In regards to reaching 12 men, reaching a lost world, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And if I equip you for this task, you will be able to accomplish it. As we read in Acts, the burden did not grip the church in Jerusalem. They did not hasten to obey that command of Jesus until dire persecution came. And even then they stayed very local. But it was at the church at Antioch that began the greatest missionary program with Barnabas and Paul. After fasting and prayer, the Spirit of God said, separate unto me Barnabas and Paul. Some might have thought them foolish, but they had a vision of lost souls and I believe that some of their, our trials and hardships is God's way of trying to wake us up and have us realize that while we're caught up in all the intricate details of our life and what's good and what's bad God is saying pick up your head lift up your head get your eyes off of your stuff and look at what I want you to see and if you'll do that I'll take care of all your stuff Y'all 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 just didn't hear what I say. We're like Martha. We're so encumbered about with all the little things about our life. Our life, our life this, our life this. People call and all they talk about is my life, my life, my life. What's broke, what's good, what's bad, what's ugly. All of that, they talk about all of it, all of it, all of it. Not one time do they ever mention their lost neighbor or lost loved one or lost friend or lost companion or lost child or lost parent. I wonder sometimes if we would get our eyes off of what we want to see and start looking at what God wants us to see. Come on now. Come on now. Jesus said, you may be seated. Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom, all these other things will be added unto you. I told somebody just the other day, they approached me and said, Pastor, you're not going to believe it, but I've just had this huge milestone moment with my job. I'm not gonna go into any details there here, and I I won't talk too much about it. But they went on to say that I'm the only person this, and I'm the only person that, and I'm the only person this. A huge upheaval, a huge upheaval. And they were talking about, talking about, talking about that. This person just a few months ago started paying their tithes consistently. And I asked this person, well, isn't it awesome? under that giant umbrella of tithing where God said if you will do this for me I will pour you out a blessing I will open the windows of heaven contrary to this there's a lot of negative things going on in this person's life but in the middle of all that negativity God said you know what I'm going to crack open the windows of heaven and pour out on this person a blessing that's going to blow their mind and it did doesn't mean this person's out of the will of God. It doesn't mean their life is going to shambles. It doesn't mean that they got to give up and quit. No, 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 no. That even in your darkest hour, it's, it's like a parent. Have you ever had a small child and you're correcting them or you, you're telling them something and you grab them by the chin and jerk their face up like that and you say, look at me. I've seen some of you do that. They, they, they need to go to a chiropractor the following week when you're done with them and hey, hit that neck. Look at me. And they put their head back down. You yank it back up even harder and say, look at me, I said. I believe God is somehow grabbing some of us right under the chin and hoisting our head upward and said, if you'll look at what I want you to look at, I'll take care of all this other junk going on in your life that you've been focused on. I know what I'm talking about today because I've seen God do it over and over again. Does anybody here today see what I see? All right, I've got to hurry. I'm going to ask everybody, everybody sitting in this building, if you're old enough to understand me, I'm going to ask you to think of just one lost soul right now. Think of somebody. It could be your spouse. It could be your one of your children. It could be somebody you work. Just think of one person, just one. To think of that person. To think of that person. They may be separated. They may be in isolation. But it doesn't mean... Annihilation. It doesn't mean that God is through with them. A lost soul is more than a ship lost at sea without a compass. It's more than a man lost on a fog-covered mountain. A lost soul is more than a woman lost in a desert waste on the world's darkest night. A lost soul is more than a child lost in the trackless forest in the blackest thunderstorm. To be eternally lost is more and being left in an unexplored wilderness with horrible pitfalls and bottomless caravans and fetid and decaying gorges all shrouded and wrapped in utter darkness and interspersed only by shrieks of unutterable woe and unmitigated heartache to be eternally lost and to be floundering without hope and headed to an eternity without God. That's what loss means. The Bible said the wicked shall be turned into hell. The Bible said the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Jesus said, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So not only do we need to see a lost world, we need a vision of eternity. We need a vision of eternity. J. Wilbur Chapman wrote, how long sometimes a day appears And weeks, how long they are. Months move as if years would never pass away. But days and weeks are passing by. And soon must all be gone. For day by day the moments fly. Eternity goes on. Days, months, and years must have an end. Eternity has none, he said. It will always be as long to spend as when it first begun. I want to submit to you today, as hard as it is maybe for some to believe, I believe there is an eternal heaven. Some songwriters have caught a vision of heaven, and they have written beautiful, beautiful words about it. But I've not heard a song written lately about hell. Jesus spoke the parable of the rich man and Lazarus because he wants us to see it. Endless condition, suffering forever. No release, no hope, no relief. Such a vision should blast us out of our indifference and will chase away our lethargy. It will drive away carelessness and it will cause us, cure us of stinginess. Does anybody see what I see? If you all will give me a moment of latitude while we're bringing this to a conclusion. I remember the first time I had I met Hannah Lewis she was about 14 had an attitude that wouldn't quit typical 14 year old not our 14 year olds but is she in here she may be out with one of her children I don't see her maybe she's listening Chris, if you tell her about this, you repeat it just like I'm saying it, don't do your version of it. That girl could give you a stank eye like nobody else could. She had that attitude that says, don't fool with me, don't talk to me, don't mess with me. There's somebody else, when I first met them, they were very similar, they weren't 14, I want to call this person's name, but Shaquana was very similar to that. <coughs> she was. She knows. She remembers. I love Shaquana. But I made Hannah Lewis into a literal spiritual project. Something I wanted to win at. Casey jumped on board. Even Chris jumped on board. Sister Murphy jumped on board. Brother Merrill jumped on board. You wanna hear something strange? Merrill and I took Hannah to a Mexican restaurant, Denham Springs, just the three of us. You talk about weird. <laughs> Sitting there at a table, two grown men with this 14, 15 year old, trying to draw her closer to Jesus. And I remember that youth camp She went to when she was a young teenager, maybe not much older than that, 14, 15 years old that following year, and when God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost that night and all the fellowship after church, she couldn't speak English. I'll never forget it, never forget it. She went to call her mama to tell Melanie that she had received the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be very respectful here, but Melanie answers the phone, hello? Who is this? Is this Hannah? She got so frustrated because she couldn't talk to her mama. Got up the next morning. Got dressed, came to the dining hall. We even spoke to Hannah the next morning. I'm like, okay. When you come back around, we will resume this conversation. But when I saw her that first time, I saw somebody that was very frustrated, very broken, and somebody that truly needed Jesus. And she found him. He found her. What a tremendous testimony. What a tremendous recovery she was. And I've come to realize since then, That God just wanted me to take my eyes off of me and my family and off this precious church just for a moment and look at a young teenage girl as just a lost soul and do whatever it takes to win her to God. Shaquan, I had similar feelings when I met you the first time. There's nothing like it, and some of you have experienced this, where you got more junk going on in your life than you can even keep track of, and you meet somebody. You meet somebody. It happened to me a few weeks ago at Wingstop with a lady named Tony. Now another church family has connected with her, and they're going to join in with me to help get her here uh, on a Sunday or Wednesday, whatever it takes. But when I saw her and she communicated with me, I laid all of my stuff aside. You ain't going to believe this. It's going to be hard to believe. But there for a minute, I, I even forgot I was at wing stop waiting on an order of wings to come out. Now, for that to happen, that's huge. For God to get my mind off of some amazing wings with that spicy Korean sauce and them French fries and that ranch dip, when God gets my mind off of that, he's got me in a good place where he can talk. I wonder what would happen. I had a conversation with somebody last night. We were at a restaurant, and I said, what would happen? I told him that story, and I said, you look at all these people. And we agreed that a lot of those people there, if you walked up and said Jesus to them, they wouldn't hear you. But that's not going to stop me from trying. And when I feel like somebody has a need, I, I'm going to get my eyes off of my stuff that's right. and focus on his stuff and I'm very happy to report that when Tony brought my wings that night I set them aside we prayed for a while I've told most of you that story you've heard it right there in Wingstop she repented right there in Wingstop but when I sat down to eat my wings they weren't cold french fries wasn't soggy I believe God put a covering over them wings. It's like had them in a in a Yeti ice chest or something and kept them nice and the piping hot. Because when I set my stuff aside, he took care of my stuff. He will take care of your stuff. Trust me, he will. If you can just see what he sees. I'm going to ask Grace Church today to make a focus of that point in this message. I wanna transfer it for the benefit of our communion service coming up in just a moment. Fellas, go right ahead. I title this, Do You See What I See? And I want you to see what pastor sees. But more than that, if you can see what he sees, I may go down this path again this coming Sunday, just a little bit. But imagine, imagine what he was experiencing on the cross that day, nailed to it. His back was in horrible condition. Crown of thorns pressed into his head. And he set all of that aside to look over at the thief on the other cross and minister to him. Jesus put that sacrifice aside for a moment all the pain, all the rejection, his physical feelings, his emotional feelings, his mentality, he put all of that aside and looked at that man and said this day, you'll be with me in paradise. It didn't stop there. He looked out over that crowd of people and all of that pain and all that suffering, he took his mind off of what he was going through And said, had a prayer meeting. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Does anybody see that? Does anybody see that? My aunt lives in Cincinnati since the passing of our sweet brother Buller, who was my mentor. They moved her to an assisted living place, and she's already teaching a Bible study and has a man that's worth a whole lot of money in on one of her Bible study classes and pulled her aside later and said, I've never heard this before. Can you tell me more about it? She took her mind off of her grief, off of her suffering, losing her husband, losing her church as far as pastor's wife, And all of that, she set all of that aside to minister to that man and watched his tears stream down his face saying, Tell me more. Tell me more. There's people here today that I want to applaud as you stand with me this morning. I look back there at James and Sarah and I know a lot. I know some about health issues. I know some about other things that's going on in their life. And they'll walk up and in the course of conversation, they'll say, yeah, well, we was taking so-and-so to the doctor the other day. They don't have to do that. But they put all their stuff aside. And there were times in their life when they thought they were literally on the verge of bankruptcy, especially after the flood. They didn't give up serving Jesus. They kept their eyes on him. And I can promise you all along the way, God has provided for them every step of the way. Can you see what he sees long enough to get your eyes off of your stuff and look at the needs in someone else's life and be a literal ambassador for Jesus? Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? So this morning in the closing moments of this service, we are starting off the new year right. have a wonderful crowd of people here today. So excited about how full our church looks right now. We're off to such a great start, but I wonder if there was about 20, 25 people here today that would determine before this year's out, I'm gonna win somebody, I'm gonna bring somebody to church with you and I'm gonna win them, not just as guests, but I'm gonna see it through. I'm gonna help them repent, get them baptized, I can pray them through the Holy Ghost. And they're going to be here at Grace Church with me. Do you know what that would do to the kingdom of God in this area if that happened? Twenty-five people. It's not very many people. What if 50 did it? We have the people here that can do that. So I'm going to ask you today, as we begin our communion service, if you'll be willing to step outside of yourself, to look beyond what's going on in your immediate needs of your life, and say, God, if you will show me somebody, if you'll let me discern you'll let me perceive I'll go after them I'll do my part I'll do whatever it takes so today as we're gonna pray in a moment that you come forward to receive the communion element I'm gonna ask you to go back to your seat and hold it this is what we do but today we are even gonna do that a little bit different but before you come we want to pray everybody pray with me right now if you would father today we ask you to intervene to Make your presence manifest here right now. I want to see the hand of God manifest in this service right now. I want to see people's lives touched. I want to see people pray through the Holy Ghost. I want to see them baptized. I want them to see a manifest hand of God in their life, something they can see. Help us to perceive this moment that you want to do that, that you're willing to do you are desiring to do that in our midst. We have to be willing candidates and I know today that this church is willing and I pray today God as we come forward to receive the communion elements a type of your body and your blood that we respect it we don't come here arrogant we don't come here condescending we don't come with a bad attitude we come humbly, we come respectful we come joyous We come thankful. We come with gratitude. I pray that you talk to this church right now that we can see what you see for our future, for the future of this church, for the future of the kingdom in this area. Bless Grace Church today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. So if you will respectfully exit your row out towards the wall, this side, go that way this side go that way if y'all just go ahead and do that pass by and get your communion elements take it back to your seat and hold it just for a moment thank you very much and a determination to do and to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. But God provided this campus for us. That was a mighty miracle that I still tell and still talk about it, even though it's been some 14 years ago that we bought this building, almost 14 years ago. But I don't believe it peaked. I don't believe it's peaked here now. I believe God has more for us to do and I don't know about you today but I feel privileged to be a part of God's plan God does have a plan he'll bring it to pass whether we're in it or not he'll find somebody right that'll bring his plan to pass I thank God that we're privileged enough that God chose us to be a part of his amazing and fantastic plan thank the Lord as these folks are passing through Getting their elements. If you have your communion element, I'd like for everybody to come gather around the front. Usually I have you stay in the pew, but I'm going to ask everybody that would And let's gather up back around the front. This is going to be our altar service. And when we're done, when we're done, we'll, we'll take care of the cups. Our, our men will take care of the cups with the trash can. Don't worry about it. But I want us to have a time of celebration. time of worship, a time of expectation, and we're going to be excited that God is going to use our church, He's going to use me, He's going to use you, He's going to use everybody. It doesn't matter if you're just the person that brings Him the fish and the bread. It doesn't matter if you're out in front like Simon Peter. It doesn't matter. The, 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 The thing is, is it God it's going to use us. This looks amazing here today. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Thank the Lord. Has everybody been served? Has anybody not been served? Does everybody have? Everybody has one. I don't see any hands. I'm going to assume everybody has one. So in this moment, we prayed just a few moments ago. But we're about to make a commitment that God we're going to see what you want us to see. We're going, we're going to see it. You're going to bring us to a place of vision and we're going to be determined and we're not going to be set but be beset by things going on in our life but we're going to persevere and we're going to be that church, these people, these people that you want us to be. So if you would, if you'll peel back the first layer of your cup. You may want to peel the bottom the skinny one, the little one first. That's where the bread is on the bottom. If you've opened the top where the fruit of the, the grape juice is, just hold it very carefully. <laughs> you won't spill it. Is everybody good? Is everybody ready? You Have your, your wafer. In the name of Jesus, Grace Church, in the name of the Lord, let's partake together in remembrance of him. I assure you folks this morning that I'm feeling an energy in my body right now in my spirit. It's like God wants to perform an act of healing all across this building today. Physical, emotional, financial, domestic, whatever it is. Let's let the Lord have his way today as we partake of the fruit of the vine together in Jesus' name. When you folks can, let's start singing again. Let's have a time of celebration. We embrace 2024, and whatever it is that God has for us, we're open to the will and purpose of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You serve.